Welcome back to the Trees and Nylon podcast. I'm your host, Trees and Nylon, and I'm joined today by two very special guests, some sustainability kings who are protecting animals in style. They are the founders of a new brand called Rattle Clothing uh, with a very cool message behind it. So Fabian and Marlon, if I'm saying your names correctly, we didn't go over before we started. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having, having us. Of course. And if I did pronounce your names wrong, please correct me because I'm going to be saying it a lot this podcast. So, I actually did quite well for me. <laughs> I, okay, cool. I've heard very other versions of it. So. Okay, sweet, sweet. Well, <laughs> yes, uh, thank you guys for coming on. If you would like to just very quickly, we'll get into a lot more later in the episode, but very quickly explain kind of who you guys are and maybe a little bit about like the, the elevator pitch for uh, Rattle Clothing. Sure, so let's... Uh... Let me get a head start off. Uh, I'm Fabian. I'm co-founder of Reddle, joined by Marlon. Um, it's like a little bit in the movie. We have two friends from school <laughs> who met, and now we are trying to do some cool shirts. Um, and basically, our elevator pitch for Reddle is that um, we realize that there's a big discrepancy between people uh, who care about the outdoors, people who uh, wear this um the clothing and style outside and we want to jump in the gap um because we believe that it's important to not only uh, look cool but also protect the environment and we didn't feel like any clothing brand out there could could do it uh, aside from like a five percent cut um mm. yeah to like some some donations some ngo and that's why we decided to be a little bit more bold and give 50 percent of our profits away to endangered animals and our ultimate goal is to run down the IUCN list of endangered animals and mm. help protect some of these um, from extinction. Wonderful. Beautiful stuff. Um, and now, with all that being said, hopefully you've caught the viewers' attentions. Uh, would you like to start with Treason and Ilon? I leave the choice to you, Fabian. I'm going to go with trees. All right. Start with trees. Trees first. Yes. So with trees tell me a little bit about and we'll start with you again fabian um how you got started with going outside and having you intro to yet for all those who don't know on the trees and nylon podcast we talk about trees and nylon in a past present future progression i mean if you don't know that by now well welcome i guess um and uh yeah so we'll start with you fabian tell me about how you got started going outside and um not even appreciating nature but just experiencing nature yeah, so for me, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be like Steve Irwin. So I wanted okay. to be like an animal explorer going outside. <laughs> it was my favorite TV hero. I went to zoos a lot, which I wouldn't do now. But yeah. as a kid, that was like my really my main intro to like nature and animals. But mm -hmm. it's a little bit also like I have to diss my, my my younger self a little bit because I really hated to camp when I was younger. I hated to play like a sandpit. I didn't want to get my dirt hands dirty. Oh, really? <laughs> um, I was like that. So I spent a lot of time inside um, reading. And on your last episode, you said like, yeah, some of your friends played video games yeah. uh, all day. And I was like, yeah, shit, that was probably me uh, <laughs> when I was younger. But I always did uh, play basketball um my whole mm. life actually um and later on when i start, started uh, studying sports um i just got into a lot of other sports and this is where my nature 
um, when nature played a much bigger role in my life or it started to play a bigger role because I went diving, I went snowboarding, uh, running, trail running, all these kind of stuff. Mm. And this got me hooked, uh, really, really hooked uh, climbing. And I'm also bouldering since a year, so I'm enjoying oh, nice. all your boulder very updates. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very controversial that you wear socks in your bouldering shoes. But oh, I mean... yeah, I think the viewers would be very happy to know that I no longer wear socks with my bouldering shoes. Um, <laughs> I've gotten over the fear of it. So I'm I'm normal now. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically how I got uh, yeah, in my second life, I want to call it um, a different view on nature. And now I'm I'm really, really passionate about being outdoors, uh, spending as much time as I can and doing some cool stuff. Very nice stuff, man. Very nice stuff. Um, and how about you, Marlon? Um, yeah, I think for me, it was more as a kid. Um, my mom basically, I think since I was one or two years, she took me to like holidays on, I don't know what, what is it in English, Corsic? It's like this French island in, in the Mediterranean Sea. Mm. Um, and I think we went there like every year for six, seven years. And after that, always oh, wow. to, to the west coast of France mm. um, and basically always camping. So I think, yeah, from just when I was really young, started being outdoors always. Um, and I think then there was a little gap after school um, because I was like the phase where it was not so cool being outdoors with friends I had. Mm -hmm. um, but it came back then eventually. Um, so I think especially since I did an uh, exchange term for studying mm -hmm. in, in L.A., uh, which was pretty sick and that was like a really nice time being outdoors being in Joshua Tree for example which I really loved um, so I think that is a bit my my outdoor experience so I did a lot of camping it was mostly more like European campsite camping but still like that way um, and a lot of like hiking then in between um, and I think like I have, for me personally, I always divide it in two parts. Like I have the, the nature outdoor, but I'm always urban outdoor a lot. Mm. I do also sports wise, I do free running. And so you nice. have some, yeah, you, you're always outdoor. You're also outdoors. And uh, it's a kind of a different way of being in the city. It's not like going shopping or something, but more like experience places other people wouldn't really go to. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's my, I, I always see it as my second layer of being outdoors. <laughs> nice stuff. And um, Fabian, did you ever have a moment? Like when did you start going back out into nature and appreciating it? Or did you ever, you just kind of are shut in still and you just like animals? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I did the thing you do in Germany after um, your A-levels, which is you go to Australia. And oh. I think in Australia, I spent 11 months and I think I like eight of them were sleeping in a car driving around. Oh, wow. So this is where my, yeah, what I, what I, yeah, described before as I didn't like to go camping. I was kind of like forced to do it. I was like uh -huh. self-imposed. <laughs> um, but that's when I had a different relationship when I just woke up and I saw the sunrise, um, I did yeah so many nice hikes over there. I went swimming, um, like I said, also diving. And I think this year in Australia, even though it's a little bit cliche or very cliche, mm. to be frank, um, 
change it just because of the amount of time I spent there. Like, to be honest, when you play basketball, you spend all day in the gym. So that's what you do. And um, once I got out of there, took a break from it. And then also my eyes were opened a little bit more to, to nature. Very nice stuff. Nice. Um, so yeah, moving on now, and we'll start with you, Marlon, this time. Um, what does your kind of outdoor schedule look like? I know you mentioned free running and getting outside, but like how often are you? Is this once a week? Is this once a day? Yeah, let me know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's quite, it changes a lot. I mean, now, especially the last two years, of course, it was a bit... Mm-hmm. Was it three years already? I don't know. Well, of course, a bit harder. Um, so I also moved to the Netherlands for my master's studies. Nice. And uh, there was, I think, especially for my outdoor experience, it was interesting because I live close to the sea, which is pretty nice. I love that. Um, but the Dutch nature is not my favorite nature, I'd say. <laughs> uh, it's quite, I, I feel like it's a lot of, um, a lot of nature that where where like mankind had their their hands in or like kind of shaped the things the way they knew they wanted for agriculture and all that. Mm-hmm. So definitely here it got a bit less, which I really feel like that is not not what I want. So now it's more like being being for yeah free running. I don't know like two times a week um, around that. Um, but before it was, I was really, yeah, sports wise, I was outdoors, out in the city, I don't know, probably four or five times a week. So quite often, um, and then for, yeah, really being outdoors in nature, I think I was mostly really holidays. So like when, yeah, as a student was possible a few, a few times more often (laughs) than when you work, um, like I don't know, what is it, three, four times a year that you really can go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it always depends. Like, I think it's quite, it changes a lot. <laughs> hmm. Nice. Uh, and how about you, Fabian? I think for me, it changed a lot as well. Um, because first, when I got also into the sustainability scene, I felt like, okay, I have to go, like, do another gap year and do, do some diving in Belize or Belize whatever mm-hmm. um and i actually moved to berlin a couple of weeks ago so oh all of you also working remotely um always uh, yeah mostly um and here in the new city i really try to find the small spots of biodiversity in like the parks i watch um like all the birds that are here that i thought it's maybe bird watching is the most uh, <laughs> boring thing you can do outdoors um Ooh, but shout it, out, it, shout out the, it, uh, special bird service and uh, my man yeah Trent. yeah so I, I actually came to realize how much fun it is to just look <laughs> around and and see also nature where you are at just a little bit what marlon also described like go in the park that's next to me um mm. watch a bird swallow a fish um, look at like the ducks uh, on on the small lake um and stuff like this. So I think I also enjoy going on holidays. I, I was fortunate enough to spend like a, a week of diving in Spain this year, which is was amazing. Um, doing my next level of certification. But yeah, I think Very for nice. me mostly what what's actually um, yeah mostly what I can what what I can do is just go outside when I'm like off work when I'm in in my break um, and try to see what's happening in like a ten five kilometer radius around me 
Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Um, anything else about your current your current state of going outside that you'd like to talk about? I think I want to add something else. Oh yeah, go ahead. I I actually work for like one of the biggest NGOs um, oh, about nice. like animal protection in Germany, which is called oh. NABU. Um, and these people are just like so like they're like the outdoorsy type and uh, compared <laughs> to them i feel like really small because they know every bird they know every tree they know like all the parks around berlin brandenburg and all this stuff mm-hmm. so for me it's like a really different uh, situation where i can absorb a lot i can learn a lot and i i see how much i missed in the, in the past so i think mm-hmm. just being around people who are like maybe are more advanced in this like nature loving <laughs> process than you are yeah helps you advanced. all a lot um that's funny especially for somebody like me who is who hasn't been like a child prodigy i would put it mm-hmm. well, funny you say you say it because i think for me it's kind of a similar situation currently i'm like i just finished my master and now working mm. like a outdoors retailer store before i get like a, my I know, yeah, let's call Your it real boy job. Yeah. Um, and I have the same experience because all the people that they work there, that work there, they have like all this experience. They know every product in the store. They have tested it. They know what they like. It's better yeah. for every situation. How many kilos are you going to take with you? Which jacket do you need then? Mm. And so I was always more the type, like, as I said, I like, went with my mom camping and was we have this one big tent. It was like, we buy what works and that's it. Um, so just take as less as possible with you and just use it as long as possible. And now I'm like getting introduced into all those special types and what is good for which situation. And uh, it's so interesting to see. And actually, I don't know, even like different types of Gore-Tex material you can use outdoors and mm-hmm. what is good. And so, yeah, it's really interesting as well. But for me, it's more on the product side than <laughs> to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think for most people in this scene, it started with the product, and then it was like, oh, I have all these really cool, like pieces. Now I'm gonna go outside and like, I mean, for me, that's kind of how it was too. I, I was still going outside, but then you know, buying the Arcteryx jacket, buying the Salmons, all that. That was a re- that was more of a reason to be like, okay, let's 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 go explore some some local trails and see what we got. Yeah, yeah. If you buy that stuff, you really want to use it. Like now, I got exactly. You want to test it. Material. Yeah. What yeah. can I do with it? <laughs> sweet, sweet. That speaks to you as well. Like if you see it in your closet and you look at it and like shit, and I haven't have gone on the trail I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I haven't done the overnighter, and exactly. I, it gives me like a bad conscience. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt that way. I got my friend got me this um, cool new backpack that I just didn't use for so long. I was like, man, I just I want to take a picture of it on a mountain. I want to show everyone. I want to I want to see how much it can carry. Yeah, um, it, it's definitely maybe it's FOMO. I don't know. Fear of missing out. It could be that. I don't know. But anyway, uh, let's move on now to the future of trees. Any places you guys really want to go? Hikes you want to go on? Countries you want to visit? Nature specific wise? Yeah, I can, I can start. Um, yeah, go ahead. I, yeah, lately, actually, I've been really looking out to some more places nearby. Like, I think South Germany is really nice, and I haven't mm-hmm. been there a lot, actually. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like the German Alps, but also in, in France. So I think that's really something where I would like to go more often. And another thing is definitely Sweden. Um, I'm planning mm-hmm. now with a friend, like a little trip, maybe with a kayak or something for like five days in Ooh. some some lake in Sweden. That sounds Never fun. Before. Yeah, me neither. Uh, yeah, but he he did it, and I thought it's so cool. <laughs> so now I said, yeah, let's let's do that again. Um, or for him again, because yeah, I want to try that as well. Uh, so yeah, I think those are my two two things that I would like to. <laughs> Or a bit more. <laughs> nice stuff. Fabian, how about you? So I think as somebody who started bouldering or actually also climbing, um, nice. rediscovering the Alps uh, in summer mm-hmm. and going climbing is high on my bucket list right now. Um, I have a couple of friends who are also more advanced in climbing and like outdoor climbing. And they took me out uh, to a place in South Germany. Uh, which is also famous for for bouldering and climbing. And I enjoyed it a lot, like being outside and climbing in comparison to just being in the gym. Um, And I think that's like one of the things I really want to do. But outside from that, uh, I think like somebody who's enjoying diving, and there's a lot of places in like Latin America, Mexico, um, that I also would like to visit some point for a longer trip. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Um, yeah, I mean, Alps are one of the places that you go. You just see you see pictures. You know, you see those reels on Instagram of just the coolest like lake, looking over a giant mountain with a huge meadow in the background. You're like, wow, that just seems heavenly. So that's definitely on my bucket list as well. Uh, specifically, I think the Swiss Alps is what I'm looking at mostly. Um, yeah. But I've I haven't I haven't even been in that area at all so just seeing anything like that i think would be cool for me i think yeah. the same for us and, and the rockies like we yeah. see always the the rocky mountain reels and like <laughs> all the uh-huh. canadian stuff so maybe it's like yeah. an algorithm thing it must be <laughs> yeah because everyone talks about wanting to see the rocky mountains and they are they are super cool um it's I, i'd have to look up photos to see how similar they are um because the Rockies are so, hmm, let me see. The Alps look kind of similar. I feel like there's more green on the Alps. Um, and they're a little more sheer at times than the Rockies are. Yeah, the Swiss Alps. It just looks so cool. It looks like a fantasy land. And that's coming <laughs> from someone, I mean, again, that just, that just might be the algorithm talking right now, you know? But yeah, very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, also was... maybe Japan. Have yeah. you been to Japan, Trees? Sorry. Yeah, I actually, I actually have been to Japan. I'm actually going back to Japan. Um, oh, nice. End of December, I'm going back. Uh, me and my fiance are going to go, and we're not going at the best time because I was going to go there because the same friend who I went with last time is going. Um, he's going to visit his family. They they all moved back there, so he's visiting them for the holidays and all that, and. It's, it turns out we're going to be there like late December, early January, which, you know, sounds like fun, you know, like New Year's in Japan sounds like a great time. But then my mom and my friend were telling me that, oh, yeah, that's basically like Christmas for them. So they don't really do anything. All the businesses get shut down. 
um it's very like it's a it's a family-based holiday so no one really goes out so i was like oh we might be eating like ramen in the hotel room <laughs> for the day but you know it is what it is it's just one day and i think it'll be i think it'll be a good time so it'll be it'll be experience for sure i'm excited to go especially because i've never been there in the winter um be cool to see snow or anything like that you know put on the fits yeah yeah but anyway japan I'm not even, I'm still going to be in Tokyo. I'm not even going to be able to go up to like the North or the South, maybe a little bit to the South, but like on a day trip, I think we're planning, but yeah, nothing crazy again, but is what it is. Tokyo is really cool. Sounds nice. Yeah. I think Japan also sounds really cool mm -hmm. from, the, from the photos you see and like, yeah, just beautiful, especially like this mix between between those new modern cities and mm -hmm. more traditional culture. Yeah. I mean, I've never been there, but like, I expect that to be very, very fascinating in combination with the nature you got there. Are you ready to move on to the nylon section of the podcast? Japan is a good yeah. uh, transition anyway. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think so. Like, Japanese fits are always, I like, I, I, Whenever I see it, like the first time I see them, I was like, that's too crazy. And then <laughs> like five months pass and then I see them on somebody in America. Yeah. Not always, but like sometimes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Tokyo, Tokyo is a fashion capital of the world. And, you know, kind of like how New York has its own style or like Italy has its own style. Japan has its own distinct style. And I think for the people who are in the Gorp Core scene, since it, you know, Japan style usually involves baggier clothing and layers and more neutral tones. I think it just speaks to people like us a lot more. Um, so yeah, it's, I agree though. It's some, when you first see him, you're like, oh no, it's, it's too much. It's too much. Like even my friend who is Japanese, I was telling him, you need to buy some baggier pants. Cause he always, he, he swore by the Uniqlo, Uniqlo easy ankle, ankle slacks. Mm -hmm. whatever ankle slacks and it, they're just they're slacks that are tapered and they sit right above your ankle and i was like listen man i know you've worn them for a long time but time to change them and baggy pants are in you got to get some wide leg fitting pants and he's like no 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 and i said just buy one if you don't like it just return it and he wore them he's like this is the best thing i've ever put on I need more. And now he's buying more baggy pants. Um, so even people who are Japanese, they're not, they, they don't fully buy in until you try it out. So I understand that sentiment. For me, the first time I, I wore baggy jeans with like Carhartt, like a black easy car jeans. I was like, man, why did I, when I was young, wear these skinny tight jeans? <laughs> I, I really think I was born at the wrong time because I always hated them. And like coming from basketball, you have these like big ass yeah. baggy um, sports <laughs> trousers. Uh -huh. And then I, when I got to school, I was left at when I wore like a baggy, mm -hmm. baggy pants. And then <laughs> now everybody's running around with it. I was like, man. Yeah, you're just ahead of the trend, man. I, I did the same thing. The uh, Adidas, like soccer or football, or whatever, those, you know, with the three stripes and the zipper on the side, those were really popular for people who played soccer, as I did growing up. But for everyone who didn't, you know, when I was 12 years old, I got clowned on because I was wearing these like tight sweatpants that everyone's like, what are you doing? Why are you wearing those? <laughs> and then they had a huge moment. They're super popular now, just kind of in mainstream fashion. And I was like, man, I did my time. 
I did my time and now no one's being ridiculed for it, but now I'm on a baggie. And then of course people are going to criticize me for wearing things that are too baggy. And then, you know, two years from now, they'll all be wearing that. So it's the burden of being ahead of the trend, you know? And also I have to say, when I was 12 years old, I wasn't comfortable enough. Like I wasn't like self confident enough to just say, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to wear my baggy pants right now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm happy now. I am. I am right now. (laughs) <laughs> that's good that's good i'm glad that you've grown since you were 12 <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i guess i guess we're already talking about the past marlon do you want to talk about your past with uh with clothing yeah um yeah, i think probably like i had the same feelings as fabian had with like i mean you always have your group where you kind of have your style uh, mm-hmm. you feel like you need to wear as well um but I think I was always more in, how do you say that, like, just all were kind of following the trend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was wearing all those skinny jeans. Um, <laughs> you were as like the skater style that was with Blink-182 and I don't know what, what like else. grunge, grunge yeah. skater style. Yeah, Ever Levine and that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, nice. So, and I think then it changed a little bit when I got more into foot and uh, soccer. <laughs> and, Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah then it was more like this not black north face jacket white Reeboks um, mm. this more sportive uh, ultra how do you call them ultra not holiness but like this kind of style yeah yeah, uh, yeah I got you and I think like a few years now maybe five six years i'm also more interested a bit into like streetwear and trying trying some new different styles whatever i see but i think in general i'm more of a of a like minimalist type or more casual i think that's where i see myself nice nice um i guess you can okay okay so we'll move on now since that's a pretty decent segue to now uh how would you describe like what are some brands you're wearing since you didn't already describe your style some brands some uh aesthetics some colors for this minimalist style that you wear now um i think i for a long time i had a lot of black um so now i've opened up more to some brighter colors and trying some more different different things um so i just started just wearing some yellow which is a big step for me <laughs> big, uh, big stuff big stuff <laughs> no congrats but, again, uh, what congrats again yeah yeah <laughs> no but i'm just now just trying to 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 open up for much more colorful styles also i don't know like a lot of a long time i didn't like court mm-hmm. it court in english yeah um, yeah, like like corduroy or yeah like yeah like the, the material um, yeah yeah okay yeah yeah i did like it for years and now i bought my first pants um so it's my my new thing to try out but i think generally i'm always mixing a bit between uh outdoor brands like i don't know patagonia or mm-hmm. VD, also i don't know if you know that um and uh like those brands but also some more like streetwear brands um i don't know that's some some fred perry stuff also or that oh um yeah so i think that's i'm i'm i I see myself maybe there's a bit between like streetwear outdoor and sport sports style 
Adidas, <laughs> of course, always. Uh, and then you, Fabian, tell me a little bit about your your current style that you just you describe it. So definitely, I'm still not like 100 confident in my style. I think it's also a journey for me. Okay. And when I was like trying to be a little bit more conscious about my style. Um, I like I want to be look. I want to look individualistic. Like mm-hmm. I want to have like the unique pieces. You know, like the the friend who's doing like some secondhand recycling and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I I tried I think too hard. And sometimes you just look at yourself in the mirror like, and like you know what, it's not a good fit. And you try different outfits on. And I think for me it's a lot of try and error. And now I I'm hoping that I get the nuance a little bit more right. Where mm-hmm. I put on like a like a vest over 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 a jacket or something and mix like a more casual style or more like chick style with like the mm-hmm. outdoors and therefore create something that when I see somebody would wear this on the street, I was like, oh, that looks cool, but it's yeah. not like he's trying too hard. <laughs> and I think it's a lot uh-huh. in the details. So there's like a very thin line between something that where you like where you look at and like, oh, that's cool, and something that's like this guy's just or girl trying too hard and i think mm. um that's why i'm always looking to model for some inspiration for example daily paper is like a um label from from netherlands wait which i think has some pretty cool fits and what we also discussed is um also for rental is a little bit more about the cuts so how is a sweater cut not only about like the the color and stuff but i think that's what's What's really interesting for me, like mixing a baggy pants with something uh, like a long sleeve, which is a little bit more tight and then put a shirt Mm -hmm. over, which is a little bit more baggy. So I think if you Mm -hmm. mix between those like different baggy or tight or colors or outdoor or like more corporate look, I think that's that's uh, where my spectrum is right now. And I think that's what makes fashion also so interesting for me that the different combinations you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's on that same style journey of wanting to look different, but also wanting to uh, fit into some sort of trend to some (laughs) degree. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I was literally, I was picking out an outfit today. I'm uh, seeing the aforementioned friend who's leaving to Japan. He leaves in a couple of days and uh, we're getting dinner tonight and i was just like i gotta get a fit going because i was just i'm at home today so i'm not dressed up and i was like i don't know i, I was looking through my closet and i'm thinking i need some more pants as well because i was looking through my pants catalog and i was like i don't know i have this cool overshirt. it's like a dark blue uniqlo overshirt, or like a chore shirt chore jacket kind of thing and i don't really have any pants that go with it i have like some greenish gray rei carpenter pants but i don't know i don't know if those fit very well so i'm thinking i need like a pair of beige pants no not khaki that's kind of boring but like beige <laughs> so we'll see we'll see yeah, yeah i mean so constantly what would you say what is your favorite brand now my favorite brand right now who's doing like the best stuff mm, i really enjoy the roa collection that just dropped the apparel stuff that they made it's really cool uh but it's super expensive and i can't afford any of it but i do i do like the design ideas and the colors that they use obviously the template is just like my whole closet already so it fit in really well um so i really like that and then i think a brand that does consistently good work is stussy 
And I kind of like, I, I feel like the Stussy aesthetic is something that I gel with a lot. Maybe Stussy with like a little bit more fleece is probably my mm. style, you know, like the skater vibe, but also fashion. Um, I don't know. I like, I, I've come to realize I like a graphic tee that's just a little bit edgy. Um, like I have this one graphic tee that I wear that's got a, like a skeleton dad and a skeleton son drinking tequila. I got it in Disney of all places. <laughs> like I got it in Disney in Florida and it, it didn't fit in at all. But uh, anyway, <laughs> it it just looks sick. And I was like, this is really cool. Uh, but I, I like, I like a little bit of an edgy t-shirt <clears throat> and I think Stussy does a good job of treading that line of edgy and like not hot topic. I don't know if you're familiar with hot topic. Um, hot topic mm-hmm. would sell like, oh, man, um, it's a very American thing. It, it They would sell a t-shirt with like, a pentagram on it or like like satanist iconography i guess or like something like too edgy it's not it's not like that you know i just want something that's like a little bit like you couldn't wear in front of your grandma or she'd ask questions maybe oh is that the brand that also didn't they have a collaboration with adidas or hot topic in adidas Mm, am i confusing that now with a different one you might be confusing it um (laughs) hot topic adidas but there was no. a say also. Adidas also Sorry. had like a collaboration lately with like one brand who had like some some religion topics on like a, like underwear or something and bras. Oh yeah, no that that's a little bit that was a little bit too edgy for me. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was that was a bit much. Um, that was a bit much. But yeah, hot topic is just is kind of is kind of edgy stuff. You can look at their website and see it for yourself. The graphic tees and something. It's a lot of like anime and. I don't know. It's oh, a very specific, it's a very specific taste that I enjoy, but I do enjoy it. And you know, it's a it's a constantly evolving style. Cause you asked me my favorite brands. I'd say that. And then it, yeah, so Stussy, Roa, and anyone that can make like a a good graphic t-shirt that's like not too edgy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I was gonna say it's a it's, shout out shouldn't be shouted, but I come back for the treats and nylon pod also to for some fashion inspiration always. Like I uh, yeah. listened to the episode about the Gramichi the Gramichi was uh, mentioned. I was like, man, mm. I didn't know them before. And yeah, they have some sick, sick stuff as well. So um, Absolutely. good job. Uh, definitely in my fashion inspiration list. <laughs> hey, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, oh, we can talk about that. Yeah. I, we're going to get to your clothing brand in a second as well. And we're going to get to the future. Um, but yeah, tell me a little, tell me a few of your clothing inspirations or some like fit inspos, some fit gods, some brand inspos from you two. And we'll start with, uh, Fabian again, you can start. Yeah. So for me, um, like, I think it's like, for me, somebody who wears Supreme, I can't say I don't judge him or her, um, but at the same time, I feel like, Uh somebody like Virgil Abloh who found it off-white something yeah. about it is just cool I just like the name he just rocked the style it was what I just described like mixing different kinds of um styles and and, and yeah, just ideas and I think people who do this uh, I always admire them I mean he just passed um but I think mm-hmm. he was a big somebody who I envied or somebody who I looked up to because he was also in design. He was not only doing fashion, he got ideas from different uh, perspectives from, from different um, yeah, craftsmen ships could even say it. Um, mm-hmm. And then also Daniel Arsham, 
He's also uh, doing rocking some fire stuff always. I mean, it's for me much too much expensive, mm-hmm. uh, too expensive anyway. Um, but yeah. I think uh, he's also um, yeah has great fits and he's like doing some artwork for Cleveland, still doing some clothing, mm-hmm. still doing some art and kind of like this intersectional um, ideas. And I got to say also Nicole, who was on your pod, mm-hmm. I think... Um, I really like the stuff she's she's putting out, um, but also the stuff she's wearing at Bouldering, which uh, she's both a Bouldering inspiration and a clothing inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, Marlon, with you? Um, yeah, I think since I since I now live here in the Netherlands, I realized how 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 much more taste I'd say people here have than in Germany. Okay. Um, I feel like they definitely have a better feeling for for looks and styles. So I think really just being outside in the city or like anywhere, I feel like always people I see that that's like where I think, oh, this is nice or this is a nice style. Or always someone has something on where I feel like, wow, this looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll just kind of track that down and see where I'll get that. <laughs> and I think that's currently how I, how I look for new styles. and. Now, of course, that I work in this outdoor retail store, that's, I mean, I work between clothing, so mm-hmm. um, that's always where I see new stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's a bit how I do it currently. Like also with like this brands, as Fabian said, like Daily Paper, or uh, there's this other Dutch brand, Olaf, which is like there, I don't know, I think not that old yet, but still quite famous, at least here um so yeah that's that's i think that's nice to see always just like other people who wear different things nice stuff nice stuff uh and if you guys want some good german brands uh, i know you don't necessarily have to live in germany but if you if if you do want some good german brands if you're in the area um mr bianco i think he i think he's a buyer for eris berlin i can't remember how to spell it a R Y S Berlin. You know, Trey, something I also want to share with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because we chatted about it, Man and me, that a friend uh she's moved to Italy and she oh. told me that what do I think how international people like how can you know somebody is German? Uh-huh. And she in Italy said that <laughs> Whenever you have uh, a functional backpack on, you're all, oh, yeah. already considered German. And she's like, <laughs> never telling guy, a girl would never such a functional backpack, so you must be German. And I was <laughs> laughing so hard about it because you also talked about the backpack on the mountain and everybody oh, yeah. in Germany running around with like a functional backpack uh-huh. in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, it's called Eris Store, A R Y S Store Berlin. He's a buyer for there. And so you're looking for good brands that's probably the place to be uh he's into like technical clothing as well so i think it might be right up your guys alley i don't know if you listen to the episode with him but yeah good stuff good stuff um i guess moving on now let's go to the future we can talk a little bit about your future with clothing so fabian if you like to start and hit us with where you think your style is going to go because you say it's constantly evolving anyway so yeah have at it anything you want to talk about yeah, so I think what I didn't mention before is that I also worked for an outdoor sports company before um, mm-hmm. in Cologne called Ryzen. They're in like triathlon running. 
Um, so there are mm-hmm. a lot about the function of clothing as well. Like it doesn't matter how much it looks cool if it doesn't perform. It's like the number one priority for all customers. Um, and I think it's interesting because where I see my fit going is that I don't have anything that's not functional at some point, even mm-hmm. if it's like a base layer, a middle layer. Um, if if I cannot use it in in like a bigger picture or like a layering idea that's, that's in my head and I can just only use it when it's like 18 to 22 degrees outside. I think mm. that's not something that I want to do in my, have in my wardrobe. Um, and then, uh, like I said before, I want to like, want to be able to wear um, a vest over like a shirt and be able to go to like a more formal place, but also be able to go like bouldering with the shirt. So, yeah, you know, like exactly. it's, that's something that, that, yeah, that's something that I'm looking forward to. And I'm, uh, keep trying to, uh, reduce my wardrobe and fill it with the mm. right stuff that <laughs> I can just use in like different types of terrains or weather or, or sports, because, yeah, what I realized before, if if it's not comfortable enough to wear in sports, then I don't want to wear it necessarily when I go out, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I have to force myself to wear it, go out, then uh, something is wrong. So, hmm. yeah. So you want a wardrobe that's like completely multifunctional, where you don't have to you don't have to adjust your wardrobe for whatever activity you're doing. Yeah, but also like if there's a graphic tee that should function by its own mm. in summer, but it should also function under like a vest or under like a um, zip hoodie in, in winter or under a jacket. You know what I mean? Yeah, so if, if exactly. you have just a piece that's only in this combination, only in this weather and you should like, it, it doesn't look good any other way. I think that's that's something I don't like. And I would rather have like mm. a graphic tee that I can even put over like a jacket. I don't care, but... It looks cool in every style, every weather. Sweet. And Marlon, for you, where do you see your fashion going? Mm, yeah, as I said, I think I'm currently opening up a bit more, trying to find some new things. So mm-hmm. also like those graphic stuff and taking more colors. So I think like finding more combinations um, and just trying out a little bit um because yeah i think before i was always more in those yeah like the sportive sportive style kind of which i mm-hmm. still do like but i think now it would be nice to also explore just some other directions some more you know, casual stuff or like more more streetwear less sport um but i think in the end it's i i have i have a similar point as fabian i think it always needs to have some functionality um and it's yeah it's i i just can't actually can actually kind of repeat what fagan said because for Mm -hmm. me it's also the the ideal outfit would be something that when i do when i go sport go do sports um i could just go to like somewhere in a bar and it still works like i think that would be that would be something i would really love to have like yeah just fit that works in in every situation Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's if that will ever be perfectly possible. <laughs> no. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's possible to have a like most of my clothing. I feel like kind of can wear for both, but then you know you got to switch up the shoes sometimes, or maybe you can't wear, you know, your super baggy pants. But for the most part, I think like most tops you can probably get away. Like this fleece I'm wearing right now, I could get away with wearing a fleece on a date versus a like hike. You know what I mean? I could do both with this, but 
I feel like there are some clothes that's situational. Um, yeah. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you guys would like to talk about um, the clothing brand now, I mean, you you did the synopsis at the very beginning, but if you'd like to talk a little bit more about how it started, what your mission is, goals, anything like that, anything you want to say, the floor is yours. Yeah, so maybe I can uh, get another head start off here. Um, it was a little bit also of a fairy tale and, and looking back at it, but I was looking for clothing. Uh, I was in a, in a mall, in a store, and I saw this T-shirt and it had a shark on here. Mm-hmm. And the brand was uh, also called Le Shark. And I was just starting to get a little bit more into this, like giving back to nature and yeah, sustainability is like a very broad term for it. Mm. Um, so I was like, yeah, I think this brand will definitely give something away to sharks because I mean, they have a shark as their logo and they have a t-shirt on it just dedicated to the shark. And I Googled them and I found out that they had absolutely no connection to the shark whatsoever, <laughs> except their name and their logo. Yeah. Now that got me thinking a little bit where it's like, yeah, you see like all these Leo prints out in the street, uh, you see animal parents, you see animals as logos and whatever. And mm-hmm. when you actually go out into nature, you don't see any animals because they're all gone or most of them. And yeah. um, I mean, that's that I felt like it should not be the way where like they're so uh, cool, that, like they're cool enough to, to be worn outside uh, on every sweater, but they like yeah, slowly get erased from the planet if we don't do anything and that's what that's when i call it modern up um because yeah we actually go way back how you would say in america i think um yeah and yeah we we grew up together we've been together in school and i knew that he's doing design um and product design so i asked him if he wants to design a shirt Mm -hmm. uh wants to work together with me on a shirt and that's how how the brand actually got started Uh, so very practical beginning and then we both discussed how um how we can like a little bit close this discrepancy how i called it before between like the animals that are actually in the wild and the animals that are uh, in fashion Mm -hmm. beautiful um so this is born from that kind of hypocrisy that you saw in the industry of acting like you support a cause while in reality just kind of using it to make money yeah, and also like I think something that's also a little bit awkward to say, maybe, but the beauty of nature. I mean, a tiger just looks cool, and everybody knows it. And it doesn't matter if Kenzo puts it on a shirt or any other brand; it just looks yeah. cool, so we wear it. And <laughs> I think yeah. at the same time, while I totally agree with it, I think we should also do all we can that there's still some tigers left that we can actually see uh, aside from on fashion. And I think mm. that's not even by bad conscience for people wearing a Kenzo shirt. Um, it's just that I think a brand has also some responsibility. And if you're using this beauty of nature in, in your brand, in your values, in your visual style, that you should also be giving back um, to this like source of inspiration. And that's why we decided that we, if we want to use these animal patterns, which we both wanted to mm-hmm. um, and use this as a, as a cause, then we want also to give something back. And in our case, we want to treat them as equals um, mm-hmm. and give 50% and not talk about this five percent one percent which is also a good start for many brands yeah. but um yeah. i felt like for us we wanted to do something a little bit stronger 
Yeah, I really like that. I really do. Um, and the designs are pretty sick too. So I mean, it it works out for it. <laughs> um, so now currently on the website, you have one t-shirt listed, the On Patrol t-shirt for the rhinos. How do you go about picking which animal you're going to be donating to? Or which yeah. cow, I guess. How do you choose that? <clears throat> We actually, uh, or Fabian made a list with um, with like endangered animals. So seeing wh- which are actually on the red list. Um, okay. And then we listed them down and just asked many different people we could find which one mm-hmm. they would prefer. So first to actually find also an animal that, yeah, the uh, people are interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then we got a vote, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and nice. from there we started off with the rhino, which was I was surprised actually. I would have thought of like more, more famous one, like I don't know, like a gorilla or ice uh, polar bear, or <laughs> yeah, like that would be like on the on top one. But it was a rhino. <laughs> there you go, it's the rhino, and of course you've got room for others as you come along. And uh, what exact charity or cause or whatever it is, foundation, do you donate to when you're donating the money? Our approach was that we want to work together with grassroots organizations that are actually um, like at the at the forefront of these issues. And okay. so the rhino is pretty hard because we are situated in Germany or in, in the Netherlands. So how mm. do you protect rhinos, which are <laughs> yeah, mostly endangered in Africa, South Africa. Yeah. Um, and it's actually really hard to um, make an audit about an NGO because there's very well-known NGOs, which they have like all these reports and stuff, mm. but then you feel like the, the money is kind of like trickling away. Yeah. And then you have the smaller NGOs, which maybe do good work, um, but they don't have the money and like the um, staff to do these reports where you can actually read about it. Um so we decided that we wanted to focus on like more personal connections. And I found, um, that's like an IT firm, an IT company in Germany, and they're sponsoring like a rhino task force in South Africa. So they had like a big newspaper mm. article about it. And um, I think it's from Helmholtz or something, um, like a YouTube video and all this stuff. And I just emailed this okay. the communication manager, or the CEO, whatever, and mm. asked him like, who are they working together with? And um, if we can also donate to them and they said you know what um this is a great idea it's also a great cause that we're doing but we just keep it closed only to us only to our company and this they give like mm. special um uh phones to them and like equipment for like uh, detecting where like intruders come in and infrared cameras and all this stuff um but they actually said that they have a partner uh, organization i mean an, an, another organization in the area which is rhino revolution and they know that they're doing good work um, and that's when I emailed, um, yeah, the responsible person at Rhino Revolution about it. And then we had a personal talk about it. Um, I asked her what actually is the money doing. I think that's a big part. Yeah, Young people, at least in Germany, they don't they don't donate. Like donations in Germany, I'm like two thirds of like people over fifty, because you think like, okay, where's your money going? And we want to say really, okay, where's like what's your money doing? And that's why we put it also on the back of our t-shirt where you can exactly see what's what's happening with your 50% of the profit that's that's going to the to Rhino Revolution. And then we tried mm. I, I I mean I asked her, hey, how much can ten dollars do? 
10 euros. Yeah. Um, and I mean, in reality, it's hard to, to, to tell. You, you can't say, okay, with 10 euros, you can save 10 rhinos, but it's more like with 10 euros, you can pay like um, half a day of a ranger who walks oh, wow. up and down a fence, uh -huh. who's actually looking at the fence so that nobody comes in and kills a rhino. And that's where we, we also learned a lot in this process um, of like listening to the people who are actually in the location and mm -hmm. who are actually doing the protection and they know best. And then it's not about marketing and saying, okay, we can do 10 rhinos for 10 euros, but it's more about um, telling their story uh, to, to the people who are interested in the designs. And uh, we have a second T-shirt actually launching soon. And we wanted to uh, do the another our second project in Germany. Uh, and the organization is called Mission to Marsh. And there we also okay. have close contact with um, a biologist who's on the team. And she also teaches us a lot about like, like we wanted to support snakes because that's our logo uh, or reptiles in general and close to our hometown. And she knows a lot how to do it. Like, She just told me, yeah. okay, one of the most efficient ways and from science to support um, reptiles is to just put stones in the area so the reptiles can catch some rays <laughs> uh, yeah. during the day. So, you know, there's some of the stuff you don't see in marketing and you just know when you speak to biologists and people who are actually knowledgeable about conservation. Mm -hmm. It was a long answer, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. So Mission to Marsh, Mission to Marsh is going to be the second shirt <clears throat> that gets released. Um, exactly. It's going to be released in the next days, actually. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> and um, it's just <laughs> actually not planned, um, but sometimes uh, these things just work out. And yeah, um, that way. we just put it, uh, well, we just created it a lot more baggy this time. Uh, we, I think okay. we stepped out of our comfort zone, trying to be like more in the mainstream. And this mm. time we, yeah, we're a little bit more bold, um, but Marlon can tell you more about this. And why he choose to do it or we yeah, yeah go ahead marlon take the floor <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah i think for the new style we also say we want something that maybe catches more or catches attention a bit faster or more so yeah that's why we went for a more bold style i think i'm not sure if the design is actually already online i'm not sure there's uh, a there's a blurry version of it on your instagram page yeah, yeah so a sneak peek <laughs> oh there it is Oh, it's even blurred on his screen. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to show me the shirt, but he is his blur on for his Zoom call. And he just blurred it all out. Oh, very nice. Yeah, that looks sick. I love that. Yeah, so there we incorporated the snake as our logo and also as the cause we wanted to have it. Um, but oh. more, I think, in not abstract, but a little bit more streetwear style. Um, yeah, definitely. Like the... How, how snakes can shape in every in every way, um, mm -hmm. and the, all the flowers that are incorporated in the design are also flowers that are from those areas. Um, oh, so it's really focused design. on yeah, yeah focused on really the on that space where the donations will go to. So that, and I think that is always important for for us as well, uh, as we talked about before, also a bit how. Oh, you always like wear stuff and like maybe other people wear it well, but with others, it doesn't really work. Um, mm. And I think that's also something I found or we found um, that sometimes you think something looks cool, but like it just has a message you don't like or it has no message at all. Um, and that feels kind of a bit weird. 
Um, and I think that's also important for us to have something you can wear and think, well, I wear this because I think also what is on there is what represents me or my 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 opinion uh, or my style. Yeah, I mean, the design's really cool. And all the little design details about what you said about the uh, the flowers being part of that environment, part of that natural ecosystem where the snakes are living. Very cool stuff. I like that a lot. Um, Actually, I also, just... Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just to add, maybe because we're talking about outdoor brands a lot, and then Mission to Marsh, uh, when when we just ended the conversation, we didn't know, but actually Patagonia is also the, like sponsoring them. Um, they're oh, doing nice. like a big film tour across America, actually, and South America, oh. and they're looking at different types of wetlands. Um, that's like all their thing. So that like, they're looking at marshes, at like, um, yeah, different kinds of. Um, spaces um the everglades in florida and they did like they're doing a big uh, tour with their um, with their car and producing a okay. film um so it's good to see how like as like clothing brands you can also just um yeah come together and support a cause and you see okay um it's a good feeling actually for us to know that we um support Mission to Mars when Patagonia also supports it because I mean they put a lot more research power in it probably than we could ever do. Um and it's yeah, I think it's nice to 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 know that you're part of like an outdoor community that's heading in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. That that's very cool. Uh and we can all say that you put Patagonia on to the uh, Mission to Mars as well. So they saw you doing and they're like, yeah, yeah, I guess we should probably. We should probably do that as well. It's just pretty cool of you guys to do that for Patagonia. I mean, they're such a big brand, but they got to stay big by feeding off the little guy. That's how, that's how it works. <laughs> nice stuff. Um, well, very cool. Uh, I don't know if I have any more questions for you. Do you have any questions for me? Yeah, I mean, actually, um, I think we talked about it at the start, but I think we also can put it on wax here that we um, don't have the big following um, that many of your other guests have. So why did you, did you decide to have us? Like, what's your um, take on like this donation and clothing thing, or what's your what's your take of like take on like having a statement on the shirt? I would yeah, be very well, interested. Yeah, well, you see, I'm a I'm a very um, generous and humble man. Um, so you know, when I saw you guys messaging me, I really, I mean. I, I like the idea of it. It's very cool. And I like the, um, it's very easy to just say you care about something or a cause or whatever it is uh, for clout online, basically, and be like, oh, yeah, I really care about animals and like posting a bunch of graphics for animals. And, you know, here's a picture of an endangered bird. It's endangered. And everyone's like, wow, you care a lot about the environment. But it's a whole other step to be like, hey, I really care about the environment. Also, I'm going to actively and continuously find ways to support the things that I care about. And uh, I respect that a lot. And again, you know, even though I've had on some some uh, Nicole McLaughlin's, I've had on some Tim Hamilton's, you know, this podcast is all about talking to the everyman. This, that's how it started. I didn't get started talking to big shots. And a lot of people that I've talked to have, you know, blown up or no, maybe not blown up, but have gotten bigger or moved on to bigger things or, you know, expanded their business. And I think it's really cool to see that happen. And I think you guys are one of those brands that if you really work hard at it, you know, this has legs and, you know, it's, it's a cause that's based in something that I think a lot of people could get behind. So I see a lot of potential in it. So I'd like to, I like to be the first person to say, yeah, I stepped in there. I, I was with them at the beginning. 
It's been, I mean, we really enjoyed it. Um, I think it was also great uh, for you to give us the stage, the grand stage of the Treats and Nylon um, <laughs> pod, <laughs> for <you>. sure. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, thank you guys for coming on, setting it all up. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to you wanna ask me about? I mean, you could definitely have one of the shirts. Um, I just didn't know about like, sending it to America, how much effort it is, actually. And if <laughs> no, you need it. <laughs> but uh, if you want one, I, can, I definitely have some. And we're just getting the new one. So if you want, you can just put uh, an order in. And I send it over to you. Oh. Uh, well, yes. Well, thank you. Um, I will also like to... I mean, I'll just... I'll make a donation. Can I donate to Mission to Mars on my own? Because I'll make the donation... Uh, because I, I don't want to just, I was thinking about that because when you, when you're coming on, I'm like, if they offer me a shirt, do I, <laughs> do I accept it or not? And you can tell me how much money you usually, uh, at like profit you make and I'll donate that off mic. You don't have to tell me that much. But um, I was thinking if they offer me a shirt, should I even take it? Because I'm just taking away from, you know, potential donations to this cause that they're supporting. So I'll make a donation in the name of the shirt and then, and then yeah. I'll take a shirt. So <laughs> it's, it it's funny, actually, it's funny, actually, because I'd never want to raise my finger because I uh, mean, we, I think one of the hardest parts is also to find models, to find photographers. I mean, there's all jobs and they, they mean, they must be paid as well, but if you don't have a big budget, you know, mm. I I don't like asking all my friends, hey, can you do a photo? Can you do a photo? And I, I know that they're doing a good job and they're good photographers and they should get paid for it. Yeah. And so I was in this situation a couple of times where I said, you know what, you can just keep the shirt. <laughs> and the person just by him or herself said, you know what, I can also make the donation. And I said, you know what, you don't have to, but I mean, they appreciate it, obviously. So yeah. it's funny how this situation always almost always uh gets solved by self like um i would have never asked you to do it but if of course i think it's a great cause yeah. um both, yeah, I mean, both shirts and um you want do you want the new one or the the older one yeah i, I like the new one i like the the mission to marsh one but yeah i think it's a little hypocritical or maybe it's it's very like It'd be super fake of me to be like, yeah, yeah. You know, I talked the whole time about I love nature <laughs> and I love protecting the animals. You just give me a free shirt. Yeah, cool. You don't have to do anything. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I just feel like that, that'd be really uh, hypocritical. So, no, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll make a donation under the... It actually, you guys, hmm? it actually backfired on me because I, I've talked to a couple <laughs> of influencers right now. And yeah. one of them responded and she's like, yeah, sure, I can share the instagram page and talk about it a little bit for free um and i offered her a shirt and she said you know what i don't need a shirt i have my wardrobe is full of shirts and honestly i like the design but i just have too much right now yeah. and i was suddenly in the, in the situation where she's like you know what you shouldn't even offer me the shirt and i was like yeah i, have to, <laughs> I was trying to be nice like um, <laughs> yeah don't, don't yeah. feel too bad about that i definitely i have a lot of shirts as well but like i said me too. i like a nice graphic tee i like a nice graphic tee what can i say <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Alrighty. Well, with all that said and done, um, anything else? Are you guys all ready to sign off? Well, I can just thank you for having us. It was really nice. Of course. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, for coming on. It was a really cool experience. My first podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. First of many. First of many. <laughs> um, do you want to shout out any social media pages? of like your own how to follow you guys how to follow the company yeah sure i mean you can follow us on instagram on retro clothing 
Um, also me, Fabian uh, on LinkedIn, Fabian Fermum. I think it's, I don't know if it's too cringe to put my na own name on it, um, but <laughs> definitely we'll share some Fabian. updates about the company. Um, and yeah, other than that, I think Metal Clothing on LinkedIn and Instagram. That's it for now. It's enough work for us. <laughs> and of course, the the other pages of Mission to Marsh. I think they also are named the same on Instagram and also Rhino Revolution. Um, ah, yes, they, yes. They, they both also do a great job. Good to follow them. Good stuff. Good stuff. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Um, big things in your future. I really like what you guys stand for and what you're doing. And you make some cool designs to go along with it, which is also always nice. Um, so yeah, uh, best of luck to you both. And everyone go check out Rattle Clothing, rattleclothing.com. Look at the shirts, read the mission statements. They're not just doing this, I promise, for money. They actually have research put into it and time spent Googling everything and talking to people. So it's a good cause. Go support them. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> Absolutely, of course. All right, we'll talk to you later.